I V M. Hi, I'm Utsav, a behavior researcher by training and a slow traveler by passion. Postcards from Nowhere is a travel podcast where I condense a decade of travel experiences and explore not just the where but also the why and how to travel. My stories emerge from slow traveling the less explored parts of the world: Bosnia and Herzegovina, Armenia, Uzbekistan, and even China. At the end of each story, I give practical tips and new ideas about how to travel better. This week, I take you to Svalbard and Syria, two places which are different in every manner possible, and yet find themselves together in the unlikeliest of ways. You cannot be born here, and you cannot die either. Even though about two thousand odd people call it home, even if you die here, you cannot be buried. This place, for one, will never have a native versus immigrant debate. Long considered no man's land, this archipelago of islands is so remote that no indigenous people have ever settled here. Nobody has roots in this place. The town, while remote, has all the conveniences of a modern urban area. including an airport high speed internet and even a high end restaurant it's illegal to be unemployed though yes you heard that right it's illegal to be unemployed homelessness like unemployment is banned too all the residents must have a fixed address a rule that ensures that nobody freezes to death in a place where snowfall continues deep into the summer the cold is such an intrinsic part of life here that the main airport located in the capital city is built on permafrost the 2 and 1/2 kilometer long runway is insulated against the ground so it will not melt during summer welcome to longyearbyen the capital of svalbard a place which covers an area equivalent of the indian state of haryana but probably has enough polar bears for each person Anybody can come and live in Svalbard but as i mentioned earlier you cannot die here because of the permafrost burial isn't possible as bodies simply won't decompose however there is a small cemetery but it stopped accepting newcomers in the 1950s one of the reasons was the fear that the preserved bodies may still contain traces of a flu virus that killed seven miners decades ago its mining antecedents still has a bearing on the city's culture it has a ritual which will be very familiar to indian listeners you take off your shoes when entering homes or buildings this tradition dates back to the time when the only people who lived here were miners to prevent the black dust from covering the interior of the buildings it became common place to remove outdoor shoes at the door i'd imagine it would sound strange to anyone living in svalbard because most of its residents are russians chileans filipino and thais its multiculturalism should not be surprising considering anyone can live in svalbard the islands are after all an entirely visa free zone which of course makes it an attractive place for tourists but what often attracts them even more is that one can see the northern lights during the day svalbard is so far north that the sun does not rise for 4 months during the winter if you end up in gallery svalbard an art gallery housed in an abandoned supermarket you will find the works of polar painter karet vetter he is known as the painter of the light 
He excelled at painting landscapes like autumn and winter moods in deep foliage and with minimal color use. Even a cursory look at his work will leave you with the feeling of Svalbard being a lonely place. The writer Pico Iyer speaks of lonely places when he calls them places that don't fit in. The places that have no seat at our international dinner table. The places which fall between the cracks of our tidy acronyms of EU, NATO and OPEC. These places develop tics, manias and heresies. In time, their strangeness makes them lonelier. Their loneliness makes them stranger. These are shy places who don't know how to carry themselves, often becoming special features in travel and culture magazines aiming to bring out the obscure. But lonely places are sure of one thing, that their time is about to come. Once the synosure of all eyes, Argentina longs to reclaim its lost glory, sure that the world will once again look up to it. As Pequaya beautifully puts it, Vietnam is a pretty girl with her face pressed against the window of a dance hall, waiting to be invited in. Svalbard too may have its moment of reckoning. Deep inside a mountain, 100 meters into the earth, lies the global seed vault. It's a secure long-term seed storage facility and represents the world's largest collection of crop diversity. While each country maintains its own seed banks, most nations in the world today use it as a backup storage facility. Permafrost and thick rock ensure that the seed samples will remain frozen even without power. The vault is the ultimate insurance policy for the world's food supply, offering options for future generations to overcome the challenges of climate change and population growth. It will secure for centuries millions of seeds representing every important crop variety available in the world today. It is the final backup. Svalbard's moment of reckoning came sooner than it or anyone else would have liked. In 2014, the remaining staff of the International Center for Agricultural Research in Dry Areas fled their beloved gene bank in Tel Havia, 20 miles south of Aleppo. Syria's civil war, which had broken out three years earlier, had finally made the staffing of the facility untenable. Back in 2008, they had stashed away unique varieties of chickpea, lentils and alfalfa, among others in Svalbard. They sent further shipments in 2010 and 12. By 2015, the conflict had not ceased, but Syria was in dire need to restart research and more importantly, give seeds to farmers to restart cultivation. It became the only country in the world to make a withdrawal from the Svalbard seed bank. Fortunately, it worked. Over the next five years, Syrian researchers and farmers successfully grew more than 100,000 of the original seeds, shipping 81,000 newly grown samples back to Svalbard to bolster their deposit. One cannot miss the beauty of this. Svalbard is an Arctic desert, a place where only 10% of the land has any vegetation, a place where a packet of milk can cost up to $7. And yet, in its moment of reckoning, it saved another desert country thousands of miles away giving back what was given to them for preservation. Svalbard may be a lonely place, but it sure made the entire Syrian nation less lonely. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IBM network. 
You can listen to us on the IVM Podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at IVM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am Utsav Memory on Twitter and YV Travel 42 on Instagram. 